Leonard Cohen suggested there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. This morning, I am here uh, virtually 18 inches away from a picture of Jack Appleman. We ran into each other through yet another cosmic virtual accident. I think I, I think I read something you wrote and I wrote back, which is my usual way to establish contact. And then we, we went back and forth for a couple of months about booking this, but one thing and another, but I'm dogged and determined. I am a Taurus. I know dog and bull don't. That's a mixed metaphor, but let's just let me run with that. So, Jack, I'd like to ask you to kind of tell your story about how you got to where you are. Sure, sure. Well, thanks for having me. And I am a lifelong communication professional. What I do now is I teach people to get better results from their writing. And I started out, my story is I went to college for journalism, masters in journalism. So in about the first five years of my career as a journalist, got into public relations, spent a lot of my career in public relations. And in the late 90s, I was working PR for an insurance brokerage firm. And my boss said to me, Jack, why don't you give some of the salespeople a little help with their writing? I said, all right, sure. I prepared a 45-minute presentation. I think I used overheads back then. And I said, wow, they really got a lot out of this. You know what? I enjoy doing this. So I did, I want to do more of this. So I started giving, doing some more workshops and I went out, went out on my own shortly after that, doing a lot of PR consulting. And at the same time I started, I got an opportunity to be an adjunct professor, Fairleigh Dickinson University in New Jersey. That was 2001. But wow, I never realized how much I love teaching and how much I love training. So doing a lot of doing PR consulting and I started doing writing workshops for companies. I started doing writing coaching. I put all of it in a book, 10 Steps to Successful Business Writing, published by ATD in 2008. And published a second edition of the book in 2018. And now I am trying to provide my services to more people and trying to explain to people that business writing is a learned skill. So I've always believed that that's why I decided to write the book. And in doing this, Writing became, this became my passion. Yeah, I like PR, I like journalism, but teaching people how to write better has become my, my passion. And I do this for working professionals and I do it for, for my college students too. I've been an adjunct professor for 20 years. So, and in doing this, I realize that it's all about people being able to unleash their natural communication instincts. And sometimes the obstacles people face in writing is stems from the way they've been taught to write. And this, this subconsciously more is better, more is better, more is better when the opposite is true. We all know that logically, but 
old habits are hard to break. So I am right now conveying this message to people who considering working with me that it's all about unleashing your natural communication instincts. At the same time, I'm also a doctoral student at UAlbany. And I am studying, researching the link between employee engagement and manager-employee communication. And I've just completed a series of interviews, 25 interviews, 10 with employees and 15 with supervisors. The reason I chose to do this is because all this that we've read about engagement, right? Millions and millions of articles on engagement. Very few of them, the research really talked to the supervisors and the employees. What do you think about engagement? As an employee, what does it take for you to be engaged? The supervisor, what does it mean for your employee to be engaged? So I am now going through all of this, all the data from this, and I intend to continue. I am not at my dissertation stage yet. It's kind of a pre-dissertation stage. So to sum up, I'm a communication professional. I want to help people get better results from their writing and going to start helping people get better results in terms of communication, specifically the communication from between manager and, and employee, yeah, to some degree from the, the leadership of the companies. And so, and one of the things that I'm able to do when I, when I work with people, and in general, the way I work with people is I either go into companies and give them group workshops, group webinars, and I do one-on-one coaching with individuals. And one of the reasons you just talked about your passion, why this became my passion is I'm able to give people the confidence. Communication writing is, is about confidence and it is about unleashing your natural communication abilities. And I'm able to do that. And that's what gives me probably the most satisfaction of all of giving people the confidence to be able to um, use their own communication their natural communication instincts to be able to write better and communicate more, more effectively. And that is my story. You're hired. <clears throat> let me, let me, let me show you your uh, cubicle. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you. Several things about what, what you just did. Number one is you followed your own stricture, which is that more is not better. And I certainly agree. Um, I, the book that I published when I first, I worked on it for nine years and I was um, involved with someone who was a freelance editor and I screwed my courage to the sticking point and sent her the introduction and asked for feedback. And I got blasted. I got torpedoed. And basically in a nutshell, that's what it was is that more is not better. It's like, you're like maybe making people drown rather than understand. So 
Absolutely. And I think you also said, and um, if I if I got it wrong, um, I don't offend. So you can just say that's not what I said, and I'll be fine with that. I would rather have good data. Is that we do have a natural ability to communicate. We, we do have a sort of uh, inherent intrinsic thing about us that makes us capable. My understanding of learning is that there are there are three pieces. There are three problems. One is capacity. If you don't get it now and you're not going to get it, I will never be on the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. I do not have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. The a second is if we're just bad people. There are there are people who are just sour, you know. But the third one, which I think is the most important, is cluelessness, is that we don't understand about things like talking and writing and listening. And I do believe that education is about opening up, not about injecting. Because I call it the land of light bulbs. And when I hear you talking about communication, I see the land of light bulbs, which is that moment when you're working with a group and somebody's light bulb goes off. And they're like, you mean I've been overwriting all these years? It's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So when you were doing your PR work and then you were asked to put together a a piece about communication and then the spark was lit for you, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So how does that, that that spark that uh, insight keep vibrant and alive for you because you're clearly not tired of doing this so how does it how does it live how does it build how does it grow for you it grows because there are always more people who who see the light who see who can who can there's always more people for some people that come to me and say, yeah, I, I can't write. I'm, I'm a terrible writer. I, I don't, I, my grammar's bad, this and that. And when I am able to say, Hey, wait a minute, let's, let's start fresh. I don't want to hear that you're bad. And there's, oh, the reason the spark continues to be lit because there's always more people who I can, who I, I can instill that confidence in that and particularly a lot of people who for whom english is not their first language right and i notice that a lot of them speak a lot better than they write one of the things i tell people is you should write like you speak and some people are surprised by it and when particularly it really applies to people for whom english is not the first language because okay yeah the vocabulary is limited i said the hell with your vocabulary. I mean, it's good to have, it's good to increase your vocabulary, but just use words that you are comfortable with to get your point across. Nobody's judging you on your vocabulary. So things like that, that's an example of things that I'm able to get people to really see that keeps the spark on. A couple of things. I, I don't have much experience with people who are doing the English as a second language thing. So I'm, I'm not going to even attempt to speak to that. But one of the things 
which you said, which I think is critical, is that words are made to be heard. Yes. Even most of us, when we read, we hear the words mm-hmm. as, we, as we read them. And a trick I learned just a couple of years ago is the final edit I do for everything I publish, if it's a slide in a presentation, everything, yep. is I read it aloud. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a lifelong blues musician, too, so music's really important to me. Mm-hmm. So things like cadence and rhythm yep. and all those things, I think, count, too. So what you're, what you're, what I'm hearing about you kind of cracking their shell, there's a, there's a fellow from Stanford named David Kelly who does a uh, TED Talk mm-hmm. about creativity. Mm-hmm. And he says, all of us at some point in our lives were in art class. And the teacher came over and said, that doesn't look anything like a giraffe. And the lesson we took from that is, I'm not creative. I'll never be creative. And it's surprising how deeply that abides in our rest of our lives. So I think writing is the same way. You know, what you said about people who say, well, I just can't write well, or I just can't write. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the barrier. I mean, obviously there, there are skills to writing. I mean, it's like working with a saw and a hammer. There are lots of skills, Yeah. but until I think we get past the place where like, I don't know how to use a saw and, and, I won't be able to, then, then, then we're trapped. What are some, what are some levers you use with your participants, students, followers, learners to, 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 to help them open that, open that box and go, wow, maybe I can write. Levers. You mean, uh, can you rephrase, like explain what you mean by levers? Um, some techniques, some some tools, some um, exercises. Okay. One of them, I have a slide that I use, well, a couple of ways. One, I have a slide that I use, and I, I say, I say, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it with with you now. And let's see, let's let's say, Mac, if if you reported to me. And if you had attended a client meeting very late yesterday afternoon, and I came in first thing in the morning, and I find out, I call you on the phone, I'm frantic, hey, Mac, I got to get on this call with XYZ client, I don't know what's going on, you were at the meeting yesterday, I need you to tell me one minute what's going on, I got to get on the conference call in, in one minute. And um, I say, how do you think you'd respond to a frantic call like that from your boss? Uh, yeah, I'd be a little nervous, but what would what would you probably say? And most people, and I sometimes I do this in a big group, and I pick out one person, <laughs> and I say, I don't mean to, but how would any of you respond to this? And they say, well, I, I probably highlight the key points. Yeah, of course you would. And a very interesting phenomenon phenomenon happens. You're forced to be concise. You have no choice. And I say, all of you, when you're forced to be concise, you will be concise. <laughs> so that's the lesson. Treat everything you write with that same sense of urgency. What I also do in that vein is I tell people, you know what happens in, in so many of my, my coaching is what happens is I say to the person, I'm not sure what you're trying to say in this paragraph. 
person says to me, well, Jack, I'm trying to say this, this, and this. Okay, well, then write this, this, and this. <laughs> oh, okay. So they kind of like, that's one of the moments. Oh, okay. All right. So those are a couple of techniques I use. Fabulous. And it, it, it's, it's um, I think, I suspect that it's, that it's actually simple, though it may not be easy. I do the same kind of thing. I do some writing workshops, but most of my work is about speaking mm -hmm. and using your voice as an instrument, not just as a drain for your brain. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Because most of us <clears throat> just talk. And that's fine. If I'm at a party and we're just having that, of course, these days we're not doing that, but we're just shooting the, you know what, shooting the breeze. Yeah. And from a leadership and, and uh, learning perspective, words are such jewels. Uh, words are so important that not, not treating them as a, our, our primary connector to other human beings doesn't give them enough value, I don't think. Well, as you know, that when you speak, words are, a lot of the studies say words are the least uh, least impactful. It's the body language and, and the eye contact and all of that. And and the tone of voice, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's not just the words, it's how things are coming across. Well, I, I do work with people about tone of voice. And once people learn to realize all the capacity that, that their voice does have in tonality and cadence and rhythm and space in between words and stuff, they have, it's like a game that they've never been conscious of being able to play before. Mm -hmm. And everything changes in the room. I see people playing with their voice and playing with the words and not just blah, 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 not just spilling mm -hmm. away. Has the, has the um, appearance of this bizarre time, you know, the pandemic and the politics and the everything, it's, it's like it all hit the fan at once. How has that affected the... Um, need for your work do you think that it has shown a light on on how bad how poor communication can be not really um you know there's always times that we go through where where communication is is important um i guess in some way the the fact that we're not face to face. Words are important. And in my, in terms of, in my doctoral research on employee engagement, it's important in terms of being able to engage employees who are not in your the office with you. Mm -hmm. Words are, are important. How the, uh, I don't have the answers about how, but, but, but now that I'm thinking out loud, there it is it is more important the 
it is more important because we're not because we're not face to face as much. Um, beyond that, I don't have any any um, analysis of 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 what of what that means or what we need to do. But yeah, it probably it probably me, means that the other thing that comes to mind because you mentioned the politics and. Um, the social media. I'm, I'm going. I'm going off on a tangent here, but the social the social media is, and the people writing on social media has been. I think it's really made. I think it's really divided our country. Uh, the fact that people, the social media, and people on both sides, like spew say things and they don't listen to the other. They don't listen to the other side. I, I think it, that's one thing that 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 sickens me. That you know what that how people use social media and social media is is mostly writing it's mostly writing the way we pe- the things people say so I'll, I'll stop and let you respond to that <laughs> uh, yeah now we're on maybe dangerous ground but yeah. i think that you're that you're spot on language is so persuasive and 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 is so much the sort of meat and potatoes of how we think that this pandemic and, and all the politics and everything that comes with it and social media happening more or less congruently, you know, within the past 30, 40 years, which is pretty short time in human history creates this place where people have access just through their keyboard of being thoughtless and responding with hate and with resentment mm-hmm. without composition. Right. All I have to do is to log into Facebook and go, you moron, that's typical right. about you. People are in doctoral programs. You think you know everything and blah, blah, blah. And I go on and then you wear those weird sweaters with the buttons and rah, 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 rah. Yeah. and then I, and then I just hit return. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. 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 And people, yeah. yeah, And, and, um, you know, I noticed that the, uh, you know, the, the news media is just the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, I can't think of the right word, the worsening of the news of the news media who, who, again, I grew up, you know, I, I studied journalism years ago. And the news media is supposed to be uh, objective, and their whole the whole newspapers are, are now editorial editorials are not news. They don't understand, well, they do understand, but they want to probably sell, and they're competing that editorials should be reserved for the editorial section, report the news, and let us decide. So that that's really uh, that that really second to me how the news media has really deteriorated the national i'm in the same boat on that um, for sure and i think part of our i don't know responsibility or our job you know people who who teach is to help to um to help people understand how important words are and to think before you write and think before you speak. And as you said, 
to one of your students, well, what is it you're trying to say in this paragraph? Well, I'm trying to say ABC. Well, then say ABC, right? Oh, it's like, I I get that. I get that. And I mean, you probably recall um, sticks and stones can hurt my bones, but words can never hurt me. I do. That's the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And, and, and maybe people like, like you and like me who, who, who really work with words can help the people we work with be at least a little more cognizant of the power of words. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it, the, the, the words you use when you speak to me tell me a great deal about you by the words you choose. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, I can be more careful and think about the words I'm going to plug in rather than just letting them fly, letting them fly, you know, opening the gates and, Hey, let's see what floats. Right. Yeah. So two uh, questions for you, Jack. Um, One is your work. How would you like to see it? If if you, if you, well, I'm just going to ask you, take your work, what you do, your books, your teaching, all that stuff. Yeah. Over time, what would you like to see that do for all the people that you have an impact with, what would be different for them? How, how will they be different? How will they be different from my work? From the impact of your work. Yeah. Understood. How would they be the impact of my work? They will communicate more confidently. They will not they will do it more efficiently. Uh, they will generate better relationships at work. They will be able to connect with more people if they're if they're a business person looking to generate leads. Uh, they will they will be able to um, kind of build better relationships. Um, I'm mostly in in business, of course. It does going to work personally too. Sure. Um, so that that's a, a, a few in ter- terms of the, I, I probably have to think a little bit more about, about some of the other things I'd like to see happen with them. But that's not a bad list. <laughs> that's not a bad list. Yeah, good place to start. Yeah. So my, my uh, final question for you, and um, I am glad that you have children and grandchildren, because that's what this question is about. So some, some, day down the line when um, your children are talking to their children, your grandchildren, and the grandchildren say, you know, our, our teacher told us that 2020 was a really tough year. And we remember it was really pretty awful. How did granddad handle himself? In other words, their grandfather, which is you, what would you like them to say about how you dealt with this? Well, I use 2020 to reflect on, on who I am emotionally and spiritually and take some steps to improve myself in those areas and to also also take some time to 
um, and along those lines to be able to, in, in those reflections, to be able to be, be better, to, to, to be a better family member, be a better husband, be a better uh, son-in-law. My mother-in-law lives with us and a better parent and grandparent and see what I, what I could do to give more and, and to be less self-centered. And at the same time, just reflecting on how I could make a bigger, in my career, make a bigger difference in, in people's lives as a, as a professional. So I use the time to, I try to see some uh, positives from, from 2020. Thank you, Jack. That's not a bad legacy at all. And we'll see what happens next, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's going to be new challenges going forward. Um, and everybody is happy to have the, the new year, the 2021, get rid of 2020. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that I've been able to certain, I've eliminated some certain things I don't have to do. I right. mean, I miss doing, but I don't, I don't have to worry about them. Like, I used to like going into Manhattan a couple times a week, meet with clients, networking meetings, all that. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> so that's done. I ha used to have to, uh, City College last fall, I, I taught, had to go, had to go to Manhattan twice a week to teach that. That's it's online now, so that's it's it's easier in a way. So certain things that you you had you had to do and get up in the morning early, get on the train, buy the ticket. There, so in a way, certain things it's like a lot of decisions are made for you. I've <laughs> I've I have less decisions to make, so there's more time to to be creative in a way. That's not a bad approach. Is to I mean I'm not talking about being like. Oh, this is so great. I'm having, you know, this is not, yeah. not like Pollyannaville. Yeah. And people whom I, you know, talk with and connect with tend to fall into two groups. One group is doing what you just said, sort of like, well, here's what I don't have to do right now. And that's not so bad. And thank God for things like Zoom, because can you imagine if we couldn't connect? Yeah. How bad it would be. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. I say my friend, because friendship starts in a different way right now. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward with this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.